Hello there. Welcome to episode 15 of Turning Tracks. My name is Chris. And I'm Matt. And we're here to talk about the music that we love. It was my pick for this episode, and I decided to go with a band that I've been listening to quite a lot lately. Their style is a bit different from my usual fare, but darn if I don't really enjoy listening to them. Steeped in a very 80s-inspired sound, this is a band that I actually didn't know much about before doing this episode, and the music I discovered in service of it has been a real joy. Today we listen to the music of The Naked and Famous. Well, hi there, Matt. What's up, Chris? Nothing much. I'm uh, I'm on vacation this week. I've, Ooh. Um, you know, staycation. I'm just at home, and really yeah. only a, a small portion of this time has been mine. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, Karen left town today to go do something with her mom, uh, so I have the kids, you know, solo tonight, and then the kids are off school tomorrow and Friday. So I had three mornings to myself in my week-long vacation, which, you know, I guess is not nothing. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, right, that's all you can ask for is just, just a little self-time. Uh, yeah, you know, I've done some, done some choring, did some, mm. some cleaning up some things in the attic and looking at my garage and coming up with plans. I'm going to be replacing a, uh, a my kitchen faucet after we're done recording today, which is, ah, if all goes according to plan, won't be a complete disaster. Uh, the only thing I know about that is to turn off the water first and then yes. ble- bleed the line. Turn off the water, empty it out, put get a bucket and lots of towels just in case. Yep. And uh, don't mess it up. <laughs> I Plumbing think be- scares me. Home ownership scares me. Uh, any of that handy stuff. I, I can put together <laughs> flat pack furniture with the best of them. But when you start saying things like, hey, could you change your sa- shower head? And I'm like, ah, but thankfully... The College of YouTube offers free online courses. If yes, you're interested, indeed. head on over to YouTube.com, enter <laughs> promo code Turning Tracks, and you'll get zero percent off of your membership. <laughs> and now back to Turning Tracks. Yeah, I did look at a uh, a YouTube video about what I'm doing because the the thing that's not to get too deep into it. The thing that's concerning yeah. me is that my uh, current faucet, which is a drippy, leaky mess, mm-hmm. uh, has two handles, and I'm replacing it with one that's a single handle. Mm, okay so that means you know it's probably got connection points for hot and cold and yeah it's it's, according to the video it's very straightforward but plumbing and electrical are two things that can go tragically wrong so okay so electrical is the one thing i would not attempt just because i'm so afraid of electric i love electricity which sounds weird saying it out loud but i'm so afraid of it yeah it could kill you yeah, yeah, it can. Can and will. But oh, anyway, yeah. uh, let's, uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let, let's get down to business here. Yes. For anyone new to the show, here's how it works. Each episode, either Matt or myself picks a band or artist, and that person has to then choose 10 tracks and 10 tracks only that they believe best represent that band or artist. We listen to them, discuss them, and that's how it goes. Today's subject is a band called The Naked and Famous, and here's a little bit about the band. The Naked and Famous is an indie electronic band from Auckland, New Zealand. The core of the band is composed of two members, Alicia, I want to say Zaylath, Zaylath, X-A-Y-A-L-I-T-H. And I just, just apologies. Uh, She does uh, (laughs) vocals and keyboards and Tom Powers, who does vocals and guitars. They don't seem to have an extraordinarily detailed history, at least not that I could find in my admittedly limited research, but the band formed in 2008 and has included a number of other musicians aside from the founding two over the years. 
They're known for their retro 80s-inspired sound, which is definitely a huge part of what drew me to the band in the first place. They're still together as far as I can tell, with their most recent album having been released in 2020. I've also watched a couple of interviews with the two of them, and they seem to be very nice and shockingly normal people, which is (laughs) nice. Uh, Alicia also started her own solo career with her album Superpowers, released in 2022. Was very Uh, brief history. Yeah, I I just couldn't find a whole lot of like here's the big stories of like how they mm-hmm. formed and all these other things yeah. and uh, yeah they just seem to be uh, really normal people. They seem very very nice, uh, which is nice. So, do you <laughs> have any personal history with this band? No, I've never heard of them. I first saw, I found out about these. A friend of mine asked me to go see uh, a band called Freelance Wales, which I was also completely unfamiliar <laughs> with before seeing them. I love these names. <laughs> right? Uh, and Freelance Wales is fan- was fantastic. Uh, but if I'm remembering correctly, this band opened up for them and just floored me. Their their energy was fantastic. The songs were all very, very catchy. Um, and I have an affinity for uh, 80s. Uh, I-, I love 80s music. I love synth-heavy mm-hmm. 80s music. Uh, I also have an affinity for like Cyndi Lauper. So like I really like 80s female driven music, which okay. uh, this is about 50% that I don't have a lot of history with it, to be perfectly honest. Like I don't have a big collection of that music that I listen to, but when it comes on, I tend to really enjoy it. Uh, and yeah, this band just really kind of kind of grabbed me almost immediately and uh, was was really fun. And for the longest time, I had just had their one album. And then in preparation for doing this, I decided to look into the rest of their career and discovered all the rest of their albums, including the, uh, the, they released two EPs before their main album, uh, their first main album. And then they've released one, two, three, four albums since one of those being a, uh, a, uh, pulled back like acoustic style one, which is really interesting. Um, so we're going to kind of listen to these in mostly chronological order, but also like one little bit thrown in there uh, is it, that's from earlier. That's really more of just my discovery, just because I feel like the band really came into its own sound with their first proper album, uh, which I also love the name of Passive Me, Aggressive You. And, uh, <laughs> they, and their EPs from before that, they don't they don't really exhibit that sound so i feel like that's not the best first impression or at least not the first impression that i had which is what made me like the band in the bit in the first place so we're going to start with a couple of tracks off of uh which i still is definitely my favorite album of theirs i've enjoyed all of their albums but this one is far and away my favorite it's 2010's passive me aggressive you uh we opened up the episode with a song off of that album called eyes which is a, a great song that i hated to cut but you know they've got a lot of music and I wanted to make sure I was uh, covering as many of the, you know, many of the best that good. Yeah, I get um, that. So this is, uh, this song is called all of this and it is actually the first song on the album. And I think it's a, it's got a great energy and it's a lot of fun. And I don't know. I, again, I really don't know what you're going to make of this music. So, uh, hopefully <laughs> you enjoy it. I love it. And here is all of this by the naked and famous. Enjoy.
does all of this by the naked and famous. How'd that grab you? Um, so the opening, uh, I thought, oh, it's it's gonna be one of these bands. Um, and I don't know how to explain what these <laughs> bands is. <laughs> There's just a certain sound that comes from a certain uh, period of time where like the popular music was kind of in the same vein. Um, and I had kind of retreated from what was happening popular wise, but um, but then they really they kicked it up and and they gave the I, I can. When you say the, they have a, a great energy about them, I can tell through just that one track. Now, um, you know, obviously it's the first track I'm hearing. We don't hear the intro song. So based solely on that one song, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a, a feel. I like it. I like the lyrical content. Uh, I like, uh, you know, those kind of quandary questions in songs. I like uh, lyrics a lot that... Uh, You know, they're not just uh, surface, right? Um, right, yeah. They're, they have, um, I like a lot of their lyrics quite a bit. The, uh, the, the line, I mean, obviously, as an album title, Passive Me, Aggressive You is a... Uh, oh, it's a fantastic it's, title. It's, it's a neat title, but I really like its use in the song, too. It's, uh, mm-hmm. um, in the interviews that I, I, I had seen from them, they, they get nervous a lot, and like a lot of their, uh, their lyrics have to deal with um, you know, just uh, dealing with anxiety and things like that. Uh, right. and I also just really like the, um, I like the way their voices work together. Uh, yeah, this is a male and female combo that really, really, really complements one another. Yeah. They've, they've managed, I mean, again, it's only one song, but in this track, based on what I'm hearing, they've really managed to kind of find that place. Um, they found a great balance between the two of them. I, I like, I like the energy. Like I said, um, I like the dynamic, um, it's it's good. It's really good. I, like I said, I started the track thinking like, eh, all right, and then when it finished, I'm like singing the, I'm like mouthing the chorus and and things like that. And it's good. It's it's a very good song. You know, I listen to some. I can't think of any bands that I listen to off the top of my head that are similar to this, but I don't. I, I say listen to. I don't really reach for them, but when they're on, I'm like, oh, you know, it's pretty good. Oh, something that was really interesting to me that I I only kind of vaguely got, but Karen picked up on it straight away. So we saw this band together, and mm-hmm. uh, my wife Karen, she had said um, after we saw them that she was weirdly getting a Nine Inch Nails vibe out of them. And not okay. like the music is, it doesn't sound like Nine Inch Nails, but there's something about it that reminded her of Nine Inch Nails, especially like earlier stuff. Okay. Um, not even especially earlier stuff, just like it reminded her of Nine Inch Nails. And in researching this episode, I thought it was really interesting that they're huge Nine Inch Nails fans. Uh, and right. it's it, it's hard to put into words, but like there's certain small pieces of their sound where I can hear that, which is a really weird thing because stylistically, like content wise and just like chord progression wise, like it's very not Nine Inch Nails, but there's like right. kind of a weird there is definitely a piece of that influence in there, which I think is really interesting. I'd be curious to see how that um, plays out through the rest of the episode. I'm sure like, you know, what ends up happening is like a band will drop their first album and that's like their sound. And then Mm -hmm. as they progress and maybe more money gets put into the efforts or a record label influence or whatever the case may be, they start to evolve or, you know, for better or for worse or whatever. So that first record, I think, is always the band's like true voice. Mm-hmm. Um, is is passive me aggressive? You their first record? 
It's their first full-length record. They released two okay. EPs before this that were less electronic sounding. And we're going to get okay. to a song from one of those EPs later uh, because it seemed like they were still kind of moving in this direction. But okay. uh, they were like still kind of finding this direction. Um, but as their albums progressed, they kind of lost a bit of that 80s vibe and kind of moved into a different direction, uh, which is, again, not bad. It's just a very interesting progression that the band has gone through. Yeah, like it's like a, a modern, I don't want to say synthwave because it's not quite synthwave, but it's like a modern synth, new wave-ish sound. That's the, there was a heavy push for that at some point. Uh, the What I was talking about before, oh no, it's one of these bands, but. Yeah, right. so far, so far, I dig it. I'm, I'm very curious where it goes. I mean, I, it's hard to be a musician these days, do electronic music, and not be influenced by someone like Nine Inch Nails. You know what I mean? Right. Of course. Yeah. Which then just, he, t- he gets his influence from like Gary Newman, and Gary Newman sounds a bit like you know early Gary Newman stuff sounds like this, or or there you could pick apart some stuff from Gary Newman, and and you know all the influence that went into Trent Reznor, and you know it's it's all right. kind of cyclical. There's another, I wish I had written it down. Um, when I was watching one of the interviews, they talked about the very distinct vocal sound that this album is. And it was like a bunch of really weird technical things, but uh-huh. like their vocals in most of these songs, uh, especially I think our third track are like, they're layered upon, there's like, they're layered on top of each other a whole bunch of different ways. And they had a very specific way of saying it. It's a really interesting sound, but anyway, we should move on to the next track. Sure. Uh, the next song is called Punching in a Dream. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, It's got a really good hook to it, and I find it extraordinarily catchy. And, well, yeah, that, that's all I got to say. Here's Punching in a Dream. Enjoy.
That was Punching in a Dream by The Naked and Famous. I've always been really fond of, ever since I saw him live, I was really fond of the drums in that song. They're, there's this extra snare hit. It's all very simple. It's all very reserved, but it's all extremely uh, effective. That extra, like, drum hit that they, snare hit that they throw in there from time to time really just kind of adds a degree of energy to this song that I really, really enjoy. And as we've done our video game music podcast for a long time, you know how I like a, a song that takes a, introduces individual elements and then combines them all at the end. This mm-hmm. song does that, and I think does it extremely, uh, uh, extremely well. What did you think of the song? Uh, again, another song with a good energy. I really like it. Um, I'm really digging her voice. I like. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like when uh, artists are able to kind of um, push their voice, and you get a little rasp in it. So her voice doesn't necessarily have that, like say like a Scott Weiland or like a Lane Staley or whatever, but um, she, it, I can tell that there's like a, there's a little push in there and it's getting a, just a little extra. Like one of the things I miss about like old recordings, and this goes back to, um, I was talking about screaming Jay Hawkins on the uh, Halloween episode. Um, you know, those old mics and old analog consoles, you can overload them, but there's great artifacts that appear when you overload analog, right? Um, right. When you do it digitally, it becomes, you know, a, a blubbering mess, so to speak, digital mess. It's not the same thing, but it sounds like there's a little, just a, a, a like a, a thin layer, very thin layer of filth, and I like that. Like, yeah, it's as far as I know, this album wasn't like big time, big budget studio. This is this is just a lot of them working by themselves. And, you know, uh, um, uh, okay, not not to spoil the next episode, but I was listening to an interview about an album that appears in what's going to be next episode. And um, it's true. I kind of mentioned it a moment ago about. You know, it depends on who gets involved and how the band evolves and stuff like that and the sounds change or whatever. But, um, you know, when, when artists have full control over what they're doing, then the, the art is theirs and theirs alone. So, you know, everything in there is intentional unless, you know, there's a level of ignorance. <laughs> so, um, but I, I, I'm really, really digging her voice. I love the lyrical content. I like, I really like their writing style. Um, again, they do a great, a, a great job with the, the the dynamic of the songs, the composition. Um, you know, sometimes for me, uh, like a, a duo that does, you know, keys, synthesizers, drum pads, stuff like that, and like guitar, and especially male, female, like it can be real hit or miss for me. Um, I, I something I grapple with a lot. And this may go a little off topic, but I, I'm here, so I'm going to talk about it for a second. I've recognized that I'm not too big on female fronted projects um if you go through my record collection obviously it's going to be mostly male dominated i think that's just kind of how the industry is as it were but even still i have very if any uh you know female fronted uh, projects i think i have like a no doubt record some Porter's head stuff like that or maybe massive attack anyway um but this is really really good this is something that i would probably like like if I had discovered them on my own, I'd, I'd be deeply into them. Not that you know you showing me today is uh, gonna assuade me from being a fan or whatever, but this is this is really good. And I think I think the biggest part of what makes it good is they know exactly who they are and what they want to be, and they're just going straight for it. 
You know, they're not just some like clone. Right, right. Because that's they're... what happens. And, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but that's what yeah. happens, right? A band, like a, a new sound. Someone finds a new sound, right? Your corns, your Nirvanas, your whatever, Led Zeppelins. And then everything that comes out after it is essentially the rest of the industry scrambling to find someone that sounds like it. Yeah. Beatles. You know what I mean? So they all, you get all these clone bands and they get, you know, they ride the coattails of the first uh, uh, initial sound. So, yeah, these guys I, I'm listening to, they can, to me for now, they feel pioneer-esque. I'm sure someone sitting listening to this going, well, there's a band that's like, you know, and there's all these guys. like, <laughs> uh, Okay, but you know what? To me, they're pioneer-esque. Right? So. You, you've said a lot of really interesting things there. Uh, I, I like that you commented on her voice, uh, specifically this song. Uh, one of the interviews that I watched with them, getting her to sing this way was something that her, her partner in the band really pushed her to do. Like. Mm-hmm. This song is one of the songs that's about anxiety. Uh, uh, one <laughs> yeah, one right, of the okay. lines that I didn't really get uh, until reading the interview because, like, I don't know, it's it's kind of a hard line to hear with the rest of the music, but it's a uh, bright lights turn me green, uh, and mm. it was about the the guy in the band. Uh, he when they would do shows, like being in the bright lights would literally make him sick, like yeah. being on stage because he was so nervous about everything. Uh, I never really got that line before. And, you know, I, I don't really want to be here, all that stuff. It's it's very yeah. kind of lined up in there. But I, I did think it was interesting that you'd, say, you'd called out her voice specifically because apparently finding her voice and singing like this was something that took a lot of work to just kind of find her ability to do that, which I think was a really fun story. Um, I am the same exact way as you. I don't like a lot of female-led uh, uh, bands. And a lot of time it, beca- it comes from... Uh, it's hard to explain what it is. There's a certain, I don't really like the way pop singers sing. Yeah. I like more uh, what I would consider authentic singing, you know, yes. where you're not really yes, doing yes, a voice, yes. you're singing from your heart. Uh, and I find that there's a lot of female led stuff that where they sound like pop singers. And that's always been a bit of a turnoff to me. Like, except, you know, sometimes within the confines of pop music, it really does work, but it's sure. Uh, it's too much the soup du jour. Right. You know, like, you know? I really like Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill. It's a great yes. album. She yes. doesn't sing like a pop singer, you know? No. And she sings, like, when I listen to her sing, it sounds like I'm listening to, you know, and it's the same thing with, like, uh, uh, male bands. I don't really particularly yes. like it when, when men do voices when they're singing. Like, I just want it to sound like they're singing. As um, someone as someone who listens to, like, you know, these guys, like, metalcore and stuff like that, these guys that do voices like... You know, it can like, OK, like, all right, yeah, I get it. No, I want something a little different. You know, I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. All right. Well, then uh, let us move on to uh, another of my favorite tracks of theirs. Really paring down this album in particular was very hard for me. Uh, there's I like almost really like almost every single song on this album. And <laughs> I don't dislike a single one of them, but uh this next song here is, I think it's one of their more popular songs. Again, I don't really have much of a grasp on what's popular with this band <laughs> and what isn't, because it's just not in my zeitgeist. But uh, this is a great tune. It's called Young Blood, uh, and it's got a really cool uh, synth hook in it that I just really like. Love the sound. It's the first note you'll hear is the sound that I'm talking about. It's just a really, really neat synthesizer sound. So here is Young Blood. Enjoy.
Young Blood by the Naked and Famous off their album Passive Me, Aggressive You. Um, this is another one of those songs that I can't say I ever really understood what the lyrics were because I'm really bad at hearing the way she enunciates uh, until I heard their um, acoustic version of this, uh, which is the bittersweet between my teeth. <laughs> never really understood what that was, just could never really piece together what she was trying to say uh, in the chorus there. But I'm a huge fan of the song. How did this one make you feel? Uh, first things first. Um... The minute this song hit, I said, this sounds really, really familiar. I went to their Wikipedia page and found it's been used for a million things. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll be as brief as possible. Uh, I was featured in the Disney film Prom and its trailer. Uh, episodes of, um, let's see, Gossip Girls, Awkward uh, Skins, The Secret Circle, Elementary, Whitney, The Art of Flight. Uh, blah, blah, blah. It, was a, it was used for Property Brothers. It was in the trailer for The Cabin in the Woods for Prom. Uh, it was in Underworld. There was a, um, a, a slower version, which was used for Trident gum commercials. The same version known as the Reinholder remix was used for the Underworld Awakening soundtrack. Um, it's, it's, it's got a lot of accolades. So, <laughs> even, <laughs> Not so a even, single one of those projects have I ever seen. <laughs> really? Not uh, a single one of those things have I ever seen. That's it was also featured in the video game SSX. Oh American my god, Idol. It, was, it was an SSX, really? Yeah, 21 That's and over. Anyway, amazing. Um, <laughs> uh, the 2011 Major League Baseball World Series. All right, anyway. What? Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right, anyway. Um, so I, knew, I, I, I know I heard this song before because it sounds so friggin' familiar, but uh, I digress. Um, this was really, really good. This has single written all over it. If this wasn't you know, in all of those places, I I would have said something like, that's a crying shame because this is such a single. Yeah, this it thing definitely could, has that sound, yeah. This thing could sell, I don't know, Ice to an Eskimo, like it's such a great song. Um, They yeah. have a really good, one of the things I haven't taught, spoken about yet because I want to get a bigger, um, like a, a deeper, oh, excuse me, I'll cut that out. One of the things I haven't talked about yet that I was uh, waiting to get like a, a deeper feel for the band um, is their use of um, effects like reverb and delay to give it space and um, and, and size. Uh, fantastic job. Like I, I know that like, you know, in the 80s, they were tooling around with that kind of stuff and they were, you know, um, there's the famous story of Phil Collins uh, accidentally discovering gated reverb. Um, and then just using the hell out of it and then everyone following suit. So, that, you know, you think of 80s music, you think of like crazy delays and, you know, wacky reverbs and stuff. Prince was notorious for using six and seven different delays on or excuse me, reverbs and delays on certain songs and stuff like that. But um, these guys, you know, now that we've come this far, you know, they use it very tastefully. And they use it in a way that gives a little kind of, I feel a little like uh wink to the eighties and stuff. And you get like a lot of good, um, a lot of good sound. Like another thing about her voice is it's bathed very well in a, in a good reverb. Um, their drums have a great uh, delay to them. The space in which it sounds like they're performing in is, is perfect for what they do. They, they've really hit the nail on the head uh, with these, couple of tracks that i'm listening to from um uh, passive me aggressive you 
Oh, I'm just very glad to hear that you're enjoying it. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm trying to find that uh, video I saw that, that to talk about what they were, uh, the, the sounds vocals? that they, yeah, the the vocal sound that they used. Because um, it's, yeah, it's a... Uh, I'm curious. I'm very curious what they're going to say. Because uh, it sounds, uh, what was the last track we listened to? Um, uh, Punching in a Dream, right? Right, yeah. So Punching in a Dream had a very interesting, once you mentioned the vocal thing, I started to kind of listen to it. And it sounds like, you know, they've, best best guesses, they sound like uh, it was recorded, she recorded a couple of takes of it, and they just layered it on top of each other. Because That's exactly what it is. It's, it's several different takes layered on top of each other, yeah. With, with kind of no regard to um, duplicating the take prior. Like, um, I just recently stumbled on um, a TikTok that was showing Michael Jackson's uh, stems and recording uh, vocal um, melodies for Thriller. And for, like, his vocal ad-libs, he did six passes in different keys. And they, they played them all, and then they played them together. And it's just, like, it just fucking makes the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. And then when he goes, you know, this is Thriller just eight passes of that and how thick it sounds. And, but, but he's, you know, Michael Jackson and everything was perfection. You know, this is a very like, yeah, no, we're not Michael Jackson. We're going to do it this way. And it sounds great. You know what I mean? Like, I like that, you know, there's an inflection somewhere in one take that isn't in the other takes. It's cool. It's interesting. It gives them, you know, I know when I was in, uh, audio engineering school i remember this kid was and i mean kid because i was 29 30 and these were all like fresh out of high school kids because it's vocational right Mm -hmm. they were talking to each other in the break room and they're saying oh you know how was your weekend it was a monday what'd you do over the weekend you know of course all these kids think they're going to be like the next you know uh um dr dre or you know jermaine dupree or whatever and they're like they're like, uh, oh, no, nah, you know, I was in the lab and I was just trying to find the sound, man. He's like, I had a glass of ice and I was just shaking that glass of ice looking for something, you know. And so I feel like everybody's trying to everybody understands that to be to stand out, you have to stand up and you have to find the. So for them to just go, yeah, we're just going to record a couple of layers of this and, and whatever happens, happens is really like it's a very. <laughs> Uh, again, I don't. Uh, I don't know that that's their thought process. I, I want to see the interview, but to me, that's very punk rock. You know, buck the system, and we're just. You know, who cares if it's clean or if it's dirty? It's just us. We're gonna do our thing. So that's. It's really. It's really cool, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> again, quite what you said. You're enjoying it. <laughs> oh, I'm right. absolutely enjoying it. Definitely. <laughs> So uh, this next one's going to be the last song off of uh, Passive Me, Aggressive You. It's actually the last song on that album. Uh, it's called Girls Like You. And I really, um, as a, uh, let's see, what's the word? Sap, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I identify with uh, identify this uh, the, the, with this a bit, or at least some of it. I just really, uh, I really like this song quite a bit. I wanted to end the episode on this, but I also really wanted to talk about it. Uh, so I picked another one to end the episode with um so here is girls like you the last song off passive aggressive you it's a little long uh but i really really like this song enjoy run whirlwind run 
Alright, that's Girls Like You by The Naked and Famous. I know it keeps going for a little bit there. It's uh, just sound uh, at that point. <laughs> uh, yeah, this, uh, I love this song. I love the <laughs> the whole notion behind it of, uh, I, I feel like uh, it's not an uncommon thing for someone to fall for someone they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a very spiteful song, which I really, I really like that about it. It's very angry. It's a, uh, you know, I picked up on a lot of the the lyrics, um, but again, because of like the the vocal layering, sometimes it's really hard to tell what they're saying. But they're really mean, <laughs> which I kind of <laughs> I kind of like. Uh, it's, it's 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 a really great showcase for um, uh, uh, Tom. Tom's voice, you know, because he kind of takes the lead on this one, which is really right. like he's he's really good too. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like it when um uh sorry, terrible names. Elisa comes in with the everything you say is fire, all the claims you lay, you liar. <laughs> <laughs> See it in the gray, you crier. It's like, oh yeah, this this is mean. It's somebody hurt these people, and this song is about that. <laughs> Uh, but I, but also the whole notion of people write songs about girls like you, because yeah, that's, you know, you, you fall for somebody and you are, you write music about them. Cause it's that kind of like, yeah, you know, you're the, you don't necessarily see how terrible a person is when you fall for them that hard. And, uh, I just, I think it's a really great song. It's super catchy. I, I like the sound of it. I like the, the, you know, it's it's got a lot of major chords and stuff in it, but it's also got a decent chunk of anger behind it, but also in like kind of a, you know, I'm past this kind of a feeling. I I just really just like everything about it. Um, yeah, I can feel a lot of that emotion. Uh, first and foremost, they've they've kept a great energy uh, with this record. Um, passive me aggressive you right. Uh, I'm I'm definitely gonna go like on my way to work today and listen to. The entirety of this record i i really really dig its sound i I dig its energy i dig everything about it um yeah yeah we've all we've all done that (laughs) and then and then you get angry i just had a conversation (laughs) with a guy at my job and you know he's he's a little younger than i am so he's going through it and uh i don't know he's taken to me for advice and stuff so every so often he disappears and then he pops back up in a very manic way and he's like, yeah, so uh, this is what's happening now. And I'm like, okay, cool. So then he was like, uh, he pops up yesterday and he grabs and he's like, you know, you mind? I said, nah, sure, it's fine. And I go off and I'm talking to him privately and stuff. And <laughs> this song is definitely for him because, you know, he's got that. I fell for someone I shouldn't have there. You know, this person is whatever. And we've all been there. I, I instantaneously think of like three people, <laughs> you know, um, and they I all can come... definitely think of one or two people that yeah, I yeah yeah it's like you just look back on it and be like oh I God. was I was over the moon for this person and I mm-hmm. really shouldn't have yep 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 so you know that's the beautiful thing about music right it's a universal language I think uh, everyone for the most part loves music uh, I don't trust you if you don't um but when you get to things like this when you get to very um specific uh elements of life right mm-hmm. that everyone can relate to you become very relatable and so when you sing a song like this you know it's it's kind of hard not to go like yeah yeah i get it 
so you know this is another one that they've done a great great job on again lyrical content um you know everything in the recording of uh, passive me aggressive you love it absolutely love it the album has a great sound uh and i'm curious what happens next all right well i well this is where this is where i was kind of like very pleasantly surprised because i had kind of intentionally not sought out any more of this band because i um i discovered them at the same time as freelance wales and i adored freelance wales first album and then they had a follow-up album and i didn't really like it all that much mm. and i hate when that happens it just yeah i i hate it when i absolutely <laughs> love an album and then their follow-up is like okay well and so I just kind of like let the naked and famous just be like, you know what? I'm I'm not going to seek it out because it's not coming into my, it's not coming to my attention. If it did, then I wouldn't certainly would be interested to look into it, but uh, I'm just going to pretend that this is all there is and just be happy with that. Uh, and then when it came time to do this episode, I was like, well, I could just do this album and be happy with it. Or I should probably do my due diligence and find out more about this band. And so their second album in rolling waves, uh, I, I was was the first one that I found and decided to go chronologically um, because I didn't actually find out about their EPs until uh, later <laughs> in my uh, in my my escapades of trying to f- figure out who uh, the who the who this band really is. Uh, so I wound up with uh, in Rolling Waves and the first track off the album is called A Stillness uh, is very good. Um, but the second one really got me. <laughs> it's like, OK. They're great. <laughs> Huzzah. I'm okay. I don't have to be a, I don't have to, to I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be heartbroken. Like uh, I have been with a couple other, uh, at least one other band that I've really wanted to do an episode on where it's just like, Oh, this is sad. This makes me sad. Cause their first album is one of my favorites ever. And then I don't really like anything past it. Uh, but that's not the case with these guys. Uh, so this is the second track off their second album, uh, full length album in rolling waves. It's called Hearts Like Ours. Enjoy.
was Hearts Like Ours from The Naked and Famous off their second album, In Rolling Waves. Uh, it's a lovely song. What did you think? Uh, I'm very happy to see that they kept the same production value. Um, yes, for this album in particular, they did. Things change a little bit from here, but uh, in this album in particular, it's very similar production value to the last one. All right. Well, I, I will enjoy it while I can. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think everything that I've said prior, uh, you know, about um, passive me aggressive you, uh, rings true here. It's another, um, it's another great song that has, you know, they they work the dynamic real well. They know, you know, they know where to put things and where to play and where to hold back. Uh, you know, the vocals sit in a great place. Because, um, you know, sometimes you'll get mixes where the vocals will sit in with the music. Sometimes they'll put the vocals straight up front. It depends. Mm -hmm. Project, artists, you know, whatever. Um, but I like that they have uh, the vocals kind of sitting just enough ahead of the music to, uh, to you know, grab you. But at the same time, make it still feel like the same piece of music. Um, they're, they're doing an exceptional job of, of creating uh, art, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> But uh, I'm 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 digging it. Yeah. So I was a uh, passive aggressive was 2010. This is 2013. Um, this was a. I like that song. I like this album. I don't like it nearly as much as uh, passive aggressive overall. But that's just because I really like that album a lot. This is still a really solid album. However, this next song might is probably my favorite song by this band. Uh, and in fact, my daughter really likes this one too, which I find very entertaining. <laughs> um. This song is called I Kill Giants, uh, and I just, I love it to death. I think this is such a fun song. It's such a good song. Uh, I don't know what else to say about it, so I'm going to go ahead and listen to it, crank it up the volume, because it kicks ass. Here's I Kill Giants.
I Kill Giants by the Naked and Famous, and I probably should have uh, probably should have said up front that that is a profoundly sad song, um, which is, I guess, one of the things that kind of tickles me about how much uh, my daughter likes this song because I don't think she has any real grasp on what the lyrics are. Um, but uh, yeah, it just it starts off sounding like such a just kind of straightforward, I don't know, pop song, which is saying you right and. Once you realize she's saying, why couldn't we save you? And you just kind of realize the rest of the song is about someone died and they couldn't do anything about it. And it's just the more I listen to the song, the more I realize just how incredibly sad it is uh, and how, you know, if you've dealt with loss, it, it's it really hits home. I just think it's, it's a gorgeous song. It's got. Yeah, when you think about songs that are about losing someone, I guess they don't necessarily always come off with this kind of vibe. And this kind of has a little bit more of the just a, a degree of anger to the sadness, but it's also just a really kind of almost happy song. I don't know. It's it's a really the song makes me feel a lot of things. <laughs> I feel a lot of feelings when listening to this song. I just think it's an incredibly beautiful song. Uh, what did you think of that one? So when you told me the song's title was I Kill Giants, I, I don't know if you heard me, I said, hmm. I, I, I did, yeah. Okay, so I Kill Giants is actually the name of a uh, comic series that was put out on Image uh, uh, 2008? 2008, right. yeah. And it's about a young girl who, uh, you know, she's a loner, and she kind of lives in her own little fantasy world, and she's starting to see signs that, like, you know, giants are coming. And she's the only one that sees them, and she thinks she's going to protect, you know, whatever, the town, the country, the land, the world, whatever, from these giants. Uh, in reality, the story's, you know, not-so-subtle subtext is that her mother's very sick and dying, and it's kind of like, you know, her psychosis, her, her, her underlying, you know, she wants to kill the giant that is the sickness in her mother. Right. This song... Is literally it's, it's, it's that. It's, is, is it's that. that. Oh my god, that's amazing. Elisa's mother uh, you know, lost her fight with breast cancer at a very young age, and this song is pretty much all about that. Um an, an interesting note uh from my super secret source, uh though intended for inclusion on the debut album Passive Me Aggressive You, the tune was not finished in time for that album. Oh so. So, you know, I don't know, take that for what it's worth, I suppose. But um, at any rate. 
Oh, yeah. look at that. The song is about losing her mother to breast cancer. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I just uh, didn't really, I didn't look it up because I kind of like, a, I kind of on one hand really liked that, uh, just the mystery of kind of piecing it, piecing it together in my own head. But yeah, look at well, that. Well, I mean, you, you nailed it. Ah, well, it's not exactly subtle. <laughs> I mean, you know, also true. Also true. Right. But well, yeah, that's, art uh, is art is interesting like that now, isn't it? It is. Um, I had to search it up because I really enjoyed I Kill Giants. It, it became a movie, too, which I didn't see because I I couldn't bring myself to. I don't know. Anyway. um, Beautiful song. Absolutely beautiful song. You're right. It's got a pop. It's got a it's got a major chord pop kind of feel to it, and then the lyrics are so somber and so angry, uh, you know, to uh, to a greater extent. Why couldn't we save you, right? Not mm. a not a question so much as a demand, right? It's right, right. Such a uh, it's such a good song. This so far might be my favorite song of the episode so far. Yeah, it's definitely my favorite, and you know, this coming from. A band I really, really enjoy, but like <laughs> when I first picked out that second album, uh, and, and I was listening to it, this one really stuck out like exceptionally. I just thought it was an outstanding song, uh, and I should really go read that comic because it's really cool. Uh, yeah, I was gonna, uh, I was gonna ask, how old is your daughter right now? She is seven. Uh, in a couple, you know, when she hits teenager, maybe maybe give her a, a trade and see how she feels. The art's great. I love it. it's very stylized and it's a very strong message. If she's, I don't know, I feel like if she's picking up on this sort of stuff now, I can only imagine how like. Uh, what's I think the she word? just thinks it's a really fun song. She doesn't mm-hmm. really wrap her head around yeah. the lyrics too much, but she's she's been really interesting lately because she's been singing along to a lot of my music in the last mm-hmm. like month or so. She's been requesting specific songs she's a big fan of uh in between days by the cure uh she likes <laughs> fountains of wayne she likes dispatch like there's she's starting to get into both mine and karen's music right now which is a very interesting mix because you know she was listening to basically a wedding reception at dinner last night with like <laughs> the, the cha-cha slide and stuff like ooh, that and macarena ooh. like oh boy mm. this is fun i'm sorry um, I no. Uh, yeah, I can't. I'm She's sorry. all over the map. <laughs> She's all over the map. So sorry. Um, side note, I just want to throw out there, uh, doing a little digging uh, for the album Rolling Waves. Um, the um, the engineer here, excuse me, was the engineer. Yeah, the engineer is Billy Bush. Billy Bush has worked on immense amounts of stuff. Almost, almost, almost all of Garbage's records against me. Uh, oh, let me see. He did the he did some stuff for Get Him to the Greek, uh, the negative. He did both Naked and Famous, Passive Aggressive, Passive Me, Aggressive You, and uh, oh, Rolling cool. Waves. Foster the People, Snow Patrol. Um, let's see, Terror, Tegan and Sarah, uh, Dweezil Zappa, Lupe Fiasco. He's on. Uh, he did a, a thing with Paul McCartney. He's done Dolly Parton, 2019. Uh, he, he's. I knew I knew the name, so you know if you're out there. Oh, excuse me. Billy Bush is also married to Shirley Manson of Garbage. So there's that. Oh, well, all right then. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I, I. I. This is the stuff that that I geek out on. Like, <laughs> oh, who's the engineer? Who you know? Who did the mixing? Because, you know, it's not just that, like, right, you can't you're not just the band that goes into the studio and records. Right. You know, if you're not if you're not capable of mixing and engineering your own material, then someone has to be there to do it. You know, and that's a collaborative effort, too. Mm -hmm. And excuse me, 
and uh, you know, you have to convey, well, this is what we're going for. If the engineer hears one thing, or the you know the producer or the mixer hears one thing, and and you guys disagree, well, how how do we remedy this? You know, sometimes you get in there with someone who's fresh, doesn't know anything, and they're just like, yeah, okay, and then the record comes out the way it does. But then you get in there with someone like, you know, I don't know, uh, Billy Bush, and and he's been around the block for the last thirty years, and he's like, listen, trust me when I say you'll do better if you do this. You know, as the artist, you go, well, we trust him or we want to keep artistic integrity. You know, it's a whole thing. That's the stuff I geek out on, though. So anyway, <laughs> enough about that. All right. So for our next uh, next two songs, we're going to take a, a bit of a step outside. Uh, just going to kind of do a little sidetrack into the other facets of this band. Uh, the first one is uh, off of their album, A Still Heart. I mentioned this bef- uh, this before. It's like it's not really an acoustic version. It's just a really really slow pretty stripped down version uh without a lot of the uh without any of the the, the vocal oddities added to it uh it is a fen- phenomenal uh, record to fall asleep to you know it's just really really <laughs> peaceful really really pretty um and it has a lot of my favorite songs on it like like for i kill giants uh ellie ellie my daughter really likes to listen to that version of it before she goes to sleep at night because it's really really pretty um so I chose, uh, I just, I really wanted to pick something off of this. Uh, so I picked this song called No Way, uh, which is off of P- P- uh, Passive Me, Aggressive You. It's, uh, this is the stripped version of it is what they call it. Uh, and it's, it's very slow. It's very light. It's very pretty. Um, and it really just kind of showcases that uh, underneath all of the sounds and stuff, there is most definitely very capable musicians. So here is No Way Stripped from A Still Heart. Enjoy. When the daylight comes, do you feel it? Leave your bag of bones underneath your bed. Everything is as it should. should be no Smile. 
No Way from A Still Heart. Uh, and boy, is that a very different sounding version of that song from the version that's on the album. Uh, it's really interesting hearing this. This whole album is just like this, that sound, you know what I mean? Like, I don't really know how to describe it, um, but it's that kind of sound. And it has, uh, I actually, I think it has all this, almost all the songs we've listened to so far on that album. Um, yeah. Uh, so I really enjoy when bands that are heavily electronic, um, find their way to what has become like a, what they call stripped, uh, mm. sound. It's, it's very interesting. Cause you think to yourself, well, how much of what you do relies heavily on, you know, grossly over affected synthesizers and vocals <laughs> and, and things like that. Let's, let's see you get behind the, get out from behind that mask, uh, you know, <laughs> And then they do and they blow you away and you're like, I'm sorry. <laughs> so <laughs> so I'm, I'm very much a big fan of, of uh, that kind of 180. And, um, you know, based on everything I've heard up to this point, and then to hear um, that song, a stripped version of that song, never hearing, you know, the original, I can already tell like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I definitely get it. Right. You know, I've been listening to music for a very, very long time big fan of remixes and reinterpolations and things like that. This to me almost falls into like a reinterpolation because it's not the original, but mm -hmm. uh, she, you know, the, the strength of her voice, you know, not having uh you know, 20 different takes over it and, you know, whatever reverbs and delays that people use to maybe hide the imperfections of not being able to reach a note or hold a note or whatever. Um, the chops are there. They're, they're a very talented uh, pair. And it's it's evident in this. Yeah, uh, this this whole album I just can't recommend enough. Uh, it's so, uh, yeah. Looking at our, looking at the track list so far, like yeah, every single one of the songs that we've listened to on the show so far, there's a version like that on this album, which is really, like, I Kill Giants is great, Young Blood's great, Punching in a Dream is great. like they're all they all sound really really cool and they're really interesting takes and they just go to. They they go to unnecessarily, I think, but ultimately do prove that, you know, the the songs themselves, the real core of the songs are definitely, you know, they're good. <laughs> they're they're not just superficially good. They're genuinely good, which is cool. All right. So uh the next track actually comes from uh one of their EPs that they released before Passive Me Aggressive You. Um it really doesn't have nearly as much of that electronic vibe to it. Uh, it, I just think this is a catchy song. I liked the EPs. Okay. I just listened to them actually for the first time, uh, again, prepping for this episode, uh, even after I had found the rest of this stuff. I think it was yesterday, the day before I was the first time I even actually found them and said, Oh, you know, what? I should listen to these. Let's see what they are. And they're, they're pretty interesting. They're, they're definitely the same band, but they definitely had not found their sound yet. Uh, but this song I thought was a, was a catchy, fun little tune. And I thought it was important to kind of show more of what this band was than just their 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 signature style so this is off their ep no light it's called birds enjoy I'm so unsure. 
was Birds off of the Naked and Famous's 2016. No, not 2016. I'm crazy. Where is it? Oh, I didn't write it down. It's from an old. <laughs> it's from an EP. I'm looking at my notes. I'm like, oh, this is this is an earlier version of this uh of this uh script. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. So that's Birds. It's a good song. Uh, I don't remember what year No Light came out, but it was a while ago. <laughs> How am I supposed to follow that? How's that some, for some good podcasting? I, I thought it was a cool song, and I really think it's neat to hear. You know, it kind of starts off like just getting your more typical, almost garage bandy kind of type stuff, but you can really hear the notes of like how they were getting to that synth sound that they, you know, perfected in Passively Aggressive You. Uh, I just think, I think it's a neat little evolutionary piece. This record was, uh, what'd you say, Simple Formed? No, this is uh, No Light. No Light was 2008. Both of their uh, EPs actually came out in 2008, and they were kind of complementary pieces. They were uh, This Machine and No Light. And then they were re-released in 2011 as a single thing. No Machine slash This Machine slash No Light. But yeah, they were originally released separately, and yeah, 2008. So this was a good two years before... Uh, passively aggressive you i'll be honest with you though if you hadn't said that that was from an earlier you know record leading up to passive me aggressive you um i would have said that they've toned down a bit <laughs> which is funny because <laughs> it's actually the polar opposite they ramped up <laughs> exactly to the more synth uh centric you know sounds um it's great though it's a great song i think um it's always fun. Like I love doing this show and really finding a band or an artist that has like a wide birth of work. So you can actually do the evolutionary steps in such a, you know, like it's like watching a, a time lapse. You yeah. Can, you can digest it very quickly. So you can see the evolution. And this is, um, this is one of those things. It's great. I, I loved it. I thought it was a really good, um, good piece of music. And I, I'm so hopeful for those kids. I hope <laughs> they get where they, they were they're looking to go and I hope they do well. <laughs> <laughs> so well um, it seems it seems like they're there already i mean they're very oh, you yeah. said before they're more popular than i realized apparently i don't you know but you know one single right doesn't necessarily you know make a career well never mind uh one hit wonders <laughs> um but uh right I, but you know what i like those bands i'm a big fan of those bands that they have one major chart topping song and then the rest of mainstream forgets about them but they have such an illustrious career that goes so like under the radar yeah and and i think i follow a handful of bands that are like that or I, i'm a fan of a handful of bands that are like that a couple of which will probably appear on this show but um and, yeah and at any rate uh i love that song that was a really good song and and yeah to to hear the evolution to hear kind of like they're just about there then you know they're going to go to pass me aggressively you and you're like yeah you guys did it <laughs> all right uh so we're going to do uh a single song off of their their following album simple forms uh which was from 2016 uh this is a and again it's a really solid album it just it doesn't hit me quite as hard as uh the first one did and this is the album where they started to shed a bit of that 80s vibe like the it's not gone entirely. It's just they're kind of evolving past it a bit. Um, I guess like uh, specifically just the 
massive amounts of reverb, I think, are what kind of a uh, kind of start to 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 fade away a bit in this one, and then uh, much further away in their their most recent album. But it's still really good stuff. And this song in particular, uh, this is the first track off of this album, and it's just one of the most fun songs to listen to. It, it's I don't know how else to describe it. It's just really freaking fun song. Uh, this is called Higher. It's off of Simple Forms. Uh, again, crank up the volume and enjoy.
higher off of Simple Forms by the Naked and Famous. And it's just, I don't know how else to say it's just a fun song to listen to. I have so much fun listening to that song. I love it when I love it when major chords just come and smack you upside the head and the better believe the sea of changes just so fun. So fun. Love the song. That song is so familiar to me. Uh, really? I, I can't I can't place why I'm I'm like searching desperately on the internet to see where I may have heard it. <laughs> but um at any rate, um, it's a great song. I think I just read something really funny <laughs> that uh, <laughs> it's it said like um, it was a review of that record, if not that song in particular. And it said like um, the Naked and Famous have made another festival sing along. And I, I could totally hear it. Uh, I don't you know, I don't want to say, you know, what came first, them or the other you know, millennial chant songs or whatever, where they all do the, uh, you know, millennial chant. But um, <laughs> this definitely is like <laughs> one of those like 70,000 people festival out in the desert sing along songs just because of like the, the, those songs have the same kind of um, acoustic qualities. They have the same timbre, which is to say the, the, the big reverb. Mm-hmm. The very light but uh, discernible um, delay, the sweeping synthesizers, and that like thrumming bass. That you know, it's very indicative of like the the synth wave stuff. This is feeling a little more synth wavy than uh, previous uh, pieces of music. So it's still good because she's still you know she's got an amazing voice. Um, the other guy's name is Tom, right? Yeah. Tom's great in there too. It, unfortunately, I, I notice her voice more than I do Tom's. I have to listen a little harder sometimes to hear Tom. But right. um, they're they're fantastic. They're just doing a great, great job. Yeah, and this uh th- this album definitely speaks to that the the slight change in their sound of it uh being it it it's an evolution of their sound. It's still very much the same band. Yeah, but it's a uh, it, it's it's just changing a bit, and it's still a really good album. It really is, but. This song in particular, I just it always puts a big dumb smile on my face every time I hear it. So, all right, moves us on to the last track of the night. This comes from their most recent album. It's called Recover, um, and uh, this is definitely uh, I don't really know my decades that well as far as what overall sound is. But if uh, if higher, the last song we listened to was a bit more '90s than their previous '80s stuff. This uh, recover album, I think, is uh, maybe leaning into the 2000s, possibly, or even late '90s. Uh, this album, I think, really genuinely sounds different from their other war- works. It's still very much them, but it's uh, it's something else. Uh, I still really like. I still ra- rather enjoy it. I really like this song uh, and the song that we're going to close the episode on. Um, but it's, uh, just, you know, it's a bit of a stylistic change as far as like the overall production of it. Uh, so this song is called the sound of my voice. I do believe it is a more Tom centric song and, uh, it's, it's catchy, but I think you'll hear what I mean when I say it's a, it's a different kind of a sound. So this is uh, off of recover the sound of my voice. Enjoy. And it's not gonna stop and we'll never be fine in the next space and the pausing of time it's the sound 
the sound of my voice from recover by the naked and famous and how the how that one grab you that was so when bands do um one style of music and they don't really you know showcase or hint at um being eclectic um it can be uh, like a blind side when something like a track like this comes along 
Uh But since this band so far, what I've listened to and you can attest to, uh, has proven, you know, that they can be eclectic in a way that still remains true to the electronic sound that they've pushed into. Um, this song comes as no surprise to me. Um, I, I love that it is somehow electric and acoustic at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, lyrical content is fantastic. The, the choices in vocals, like, uh, the melodies and, um, you know, where to take your high notes and your low notes and stuff, I think is absolutely great. The orchestration in this piece is fantastic. This is like, this is a really good way to end this episode. Uh, you know, not withstanding the outro song. Um, fantastic. It was a beautiful song. Yeah, it's you can definitely hear that it's a it's it's a it's a different sound. It's a different approach, but it is definitely the same band. Uh, and I like that. It's I, you know, I, I personally like their older stuff better, but it doesn't mean that this stuff isn't still good. And it's always cool to see a band, uh, you know, try something different and continue to evolve instead of just relying on uh, one specific thing forever. Uh, I like that a lot about them. And this has just been a real fun ride. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you liked this. I'm glad you liked oh, I, I loved guys. it. I, I had a great time. I thought these, I think these guys are absolutely, uh, fantastic. I look forward Thanks. to listening to, uh, all the stuff that didn't make the episode. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll throw it on the Dropbox for you. <laughs> I've got Spotify. Ah, fair enough. Yes, they are on Spotify. Uh, as I, I've definitely heard Ellie, Bringing stuff up on Spotify while brushing her teeth and stuff. It's a good time. Oh, no. She's coming of age. For what it's worth, for what it's worth, my friend's daughter, my goddaughter, when she was around seven or eight, she was requesting, like, Under the Bridge by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. You know what I mean? And we all know what that song's about. And we're like, uh, you like that song? And, you know, she's singing along to, like, Scar Tissue. Yeah. You know? (laughs) So, you know, the kids are all right. Yeah. They don't. They don't need to this. They just appreciate the music. They don't need to know what all the lyrics mean so much. Right. It's just uh, enjoy the music for what it is. I, I, wait, that. I, I pray for the day that I'm there that they go, wait, you under the bridge is about what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My son's got a, a pretty rude awakening coming, uh, coming to him in the not too distant future. Uh, he is, uh, he's really uh, taken to watching dipshits on YouTube. And uh, as he watches these dipshits on YouTube, it has become uh, his favorite number is 69. Oh, boy. Every time it comes up, he always goes, nice. He has no idea why, but, you know, that's a thing that comes up in YouTubers and they say uh-huh. that. And yeah, he's got he's got no idea. And someday he's going to say that in school. And uh huh. It's just not going to go with the way he wants it to. And he's probably going to be horribly embarrassed. And I don't know how to stop that. But sometimes uh, you just got to let it go. You know what I mean? Sometimes you got to let the train hit the wall, you know? uh, It is the truth. (laughs) That's like me when I was a kid, you know, watching Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and they go, 69. 69, dude. dude. And then all of a sudden, one day going, oh. I took I made my mom take me to that movie. Oh my god. <laughs> so we really want to show him that movie. We really do. Cause like he seems like he's the perfect age to really at least get something out of it, right? I mean, it's it's such a funny movie. But he yes. was he, got, he was at a 
he was somewhere with with my wife Karen, and uh, uh, he said that or like another around another mom, like it came up, and John was like sixty nine, nice. And then the mom like you know nodded along, like playing along, and then real quick realized that a ten year old said, "It's like." <gasps> Well, on that note, uh, we're going to wrap this up. Oh, man. The kids are Uh, all right. Yeah. We here at Turning Tracks are incredibly grateful to everyone who listens, and we love communicating with you when we can. We have a couple of ways you can do that. There's the Geek Discord channel, in which we have a Turning Tracks chat where we hope to discuss all manner of stuff related to music and whatever our next episodes are going to be. And of course, you can always still send us an email at mail at geekade.com. And while you're at it, Check out all our social media channels, which you should totally follow, like, and subscribe to if you haven't already. Turning Tracks and other Geekade podcasts are made possible thanks to the Geekade Patreon page. There, patrons can get access to a monthly podcast topic and recording schedule, get early access to most of Geekade's shows, including this one, and more. If you've enjoyed our podcasts over the years, follow the link in the description to give it a look. We really appreciate it. And finally, as always, be sure to check out all the other great content we have on our site over at Geekade.com. So, Matt, our next episode is going to be your pick. Who are we listening to next? Every time we do an episode, you or I, who has to pick, always say the same thing. I've been waffling back and forth. I can't decide. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So this morning when I woke up, I said, yeah, I still don't know. Uh, I was hoping, like you, that this episode may have pointed me in the right direction, but it didn't. But thankfully, I had a, I, I had a very strong inclination for what uh, I was going to pick next. Um, in honor of the 30th anniversary of one of my all-time favorite albums releases, our next episode is going to be about the band that <laughs> broke the sound of the 80s, ushered in the sound of the 90s. We're going to be listening to Nirvana. Oh, okay. Okay. I don't know how to take that. I have, I have thoughts. But I will just okay. I will leave uh, I will leave that to myself, and I'm very very curious to see how this next episode goes. Cool, excellent pick. <laughs> All right, thank you. We're going to leave you with a song called "Coming Back to Me." That's the final track on uh, Naked and Famous's last album, Recover. It's a wonderful distillation of everything the band does well. Again, I don't love this album as much as their earlier work, but it's still pretty solid stuff. And this is one of the better songs on the album, in my humble opinion. So please enjoy "Coming Back to Me." Uh, and enjoy the rest of the Naked and Famous uh, as you will, because uh, I think they're a great band. And thanks for listening, everybody, and good night. I buried the idea of love It buried me and left me in the dust Sometimes I don't feel good enough Good enough for barely make it good for us I'm lost in the back of my mind